Uh, Psalms 138, verse number 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, there we are again, Thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercies, O Lord, endure forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hand. Let us pray. Father, we just ask you to touch us, lift us up, and encourage us tonight. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. We need to be encouraged. We need to be lifted up. But Lord, we know that you are the Savior. And Lord, we just thank you for what you've done and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I want us to look at the Psalm of David. He gives us a statement in verse number 7. And then he starts giving us some uh, details about that statement in verse number 8. The statement was, uh, uh, he makes, though I walk. That's what I want to preach on. While I am walking. While I am walking. I'm telling everyone that is here and that has been saved with a uh, familiar phrase, I walk with the Lord. You've heard it over and over and time and time again. Preachers have preached on it. People tell you, you'll walk with the Lord. That's our Christian journey. That is our faith wrapped up in a physical phrase. Every day that you live, you have an opportunity to fellowship and enjoy the blessings of God. And to see His glory, put simply, walk with God. David goes into verse 8, then he begins to explain some of the details about his walk. That is what I want to focus on tonight. While I am walking with God, what's happening in our lives? While we're going through this journey of life, what's happening in our lives? Can I say this? I am sure glad for the day that I started walking with God. He saved my soul, and when he saved me, he did not just leave me there and said, Hey, uh, you're all alone. Hey, uh, I've saved your soul, and I'm through with it. That, the work just began when he saved my soul. God began to work in our lives the day we were saved. That is what revival we just went through all week. That's what that is all about. God moving in our lives, and God certainly moved this past week. We should come to church saying, God, I need more of you and less of me in my life. I, I want to be more like him every day, less like me. In fact, I don't even like my failures. I, I don't even like my mistakes. I, I don't like my faults. But if it could be anything, I just want to be like him tonight. So David gives us some things that will help us in verse 8. This walk, this journey that we're on, and, and, and he said it in the phrase there, he says, uh, 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 the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. I, I want you to notice the director of the perfecting. David said, he will perfect me. It is the Lord. If anybody knew anything about somebody being a dictator over his life, telling him what he couldn't do, what he could do, it was surely David. David was doing everything that his father did, but father told him to take the wine and cheese down to the battlefield. David was just doing what his father told him to do. He gets down to the battlefield. 
And we see the first person that be, wants to be a dictator in David's life is his brother. He brings the wine and cheese down to the battlefield, and his brother looked at him and said, I know why you want to come down here. You just want to see the battle. All David see was a giant cursing the army of God in Israel. That's all David sees. He's been doing what he's been supposed to be doing all his time. And all of a sudden this dictatorship shows up in his life. And it's his own family. He sees this giant cursing God with a bunch of scared army men on one side not willing to do anything. They're scared to fight. They're too scared to go to war. And David didn't go down there to see a battle. David went down there to take care of business. He came to do a job. He'd done something. The, the second person you see that's trying to be a dictatorship in David's life is King Saul. Saul had heard that David, would, David was going to go down and face this giant. So Saul had him brought into his tent. I heard you're going to go face this giant. Yes, I am. I'm going down there and take care of this problem we have. And King Saul said, well, before you go, put on my armor, this heavy armor. This is the thing that you need to have on you when you go face that giant. So he puts his helmet on him said, hey, you need this helmet on you that, uh, hey, to face this giant, you need protection." And he said, here, here's my sword. Take it. And we see David with his armor on. I mean, this little 17-year-old boy with his armor on so weighed more than David did altogether. And piece by piece, Saul puts his armor on David. It did not fit David. But David, King Saul was trying to control David in his life. Now listen, listen to me. If David had walked out with that armor on him, he barely can walk. He certainly could not take the sword and wield the sword. He's having to drag it along behind him. If David had walked out on that battlefield with Goliath standing there, it would have made Goliath more madder than he was. And it all of a sudden, the Goliath would have pulled his sword out and one swift swoof killed David. Now, Saul did this for a purpose. Saul said, well, the people on the hill would have saw the king's armor, the king's helmet, and the king's sword. Certainly, that was King Saul. Certainly, Saul's going to stand up to this giant. But Saul was trying to get all the glory for himself. Listen, you better be careful when somebody tries to give you something that looks good because at the end of the day, it's not going to be for your benefit. So David couldn't have walked out on the battlefield with that armor because it weighed too much. <laughs> 
Goliath had been in an uproar over this. The other part of it is David could have went down with what he went through and slew the giant like he did and Saul would have still gotten the glory. I gave him the best opportunity that he could have had to take care of this job, to do the best that he could. You know what I mean? We always, always start looking, trying to help somebody the best way we can. But a lot of times when you're trying to help somebody the best way you can, it's not to help them, but strengthen you glory for yourself. And that's what Saul was trying to do. Well, you've all heard this phrase. Well, I was just trying to help them. I was just trying to help them. No, you wouldn't. The best day in David's life is when he took the king's armor and put it off. David said unto Saul, I cannot go with thee, for I have not proved them. In other words, David didn't know nothing about armor. David didn't know nothing about a sword. David knew something about a brook. David knew something about a sheep. And David certainly knew something about a sling. He says, I know what I can do with this sling. I know what my ability is with this sling. And I'm just going to grab me up five smooth stones and I'm going to go down there and take care of the business. How many of you have got plans and dreams for the next five, 10, 15 years? Be honest. We all got plans and dreams for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Let me give you some Stuff that's help you with your plans and your dreams, your hopes, your ambitions for the next 15, 20, 30 years. You go home today, you write every one of, them, every one of your dreams down, all your hopes, all your ambitions. You write them down on a piece of paper. Then you walk over to a burn barrel, ball it up and throw it in the burn barrel. And you say, Lord... That was my dreams, my ambitions, my hopes right there. So now, Lord, what is your dreams and your hopes for my life? I don't want what I want. I want what you want for my life. See, that's what David was doing. David said, you know what? My hopes and my dreams are nothing compared to what God wants to give me. I'd rather go with God's dreams and God's purpose and God's plan for my life than my own plan. And we all should be like that. We all should, Lord, direct me. You will be my director. Direct that which concerneth me. Amen. We all have our dreams. We want something for ourselves. We want to do that. It's not about what you want. It's what God wants for you. Sometimes you just got to do some crazy things for God. Whatever you want, Lord, I'm willing to do it. Can you imagine the thought that went through those people's heads when David walked out with this sling, especially Goliath, standing before this little ruddy boy. He walks out with no armor, no shield, no sword, no helmet, but he's swinging this sling. Can you imagine what went through his mind? Come on, but boy. Hit me with your best shot. 
Goliath didn't understand. And Goliath says, uh, yeah, he come and you cursing God and all that stuff, and you come with me with a shield and sword. I come with you in the name of the Lord. He had somebody behind him that was more powerful than Goliath. And, and there is this little boy taking this sling and swinging around. And I imagine through Goliath's mind was, you can't hurt me with that. Sometimes we just got to do some crazy things with God. When God tells you to do something, you say, God, that's really crazy. That don't sound right. Just do it anyway. And you see what God can bring out of it. Amen. God said, you can't hurt me with that. You can't touch me, but about that time he hit the ground. Amen. And, and then David had the strength to take his own sword from him and cut his head off. Amen. And I might, now you get this, he couldn't take King Saul's sword, and I know that sword was not as big as Goliath's sword. But David had the strength to take that sword and cut his own head off with it. Amen. Sometimes you've got to do some crazy things for God. We don't need, the only thing we need is God to direct our life. Amen. Amen. We need God to direct our life. Then you see the details of the perfecting. The Lord will. It started when you got saved. You might look at me and see something in me that you don't like. Well, me too. (laughs) There's a lot of things in me that I don't like. But God say this, He's still working on me. How loving, how patient He must be. Every day I realize I need it more. I failed Him today, and I'm sure I'm going to fail Him tomorrow. But I still need Him to be working on me. And every time I fail him, I'm reminded that he's not finished with me. I'm not, I have not arrived yet. I still live in this flesh. But listen, when you fail God, don't get yourself beaten down by it. Don't give up. Don't give up on God. Just remember this. He's not through with you. So many Christians give up on God because they get down on themselves and say, I fail God and they walk away. Don't. They say if you wallow with the pigs, you start to smell like a pig. But you know you can clean a pig up pretty good and smell pretty good. You go down to the fair and and see some of them pigs down there, they got bows in their hair. They looking pretty good. Smelling pretty got perfume on. They looking good. Sweet smelling ham. You can get cleaned up if you fall into a pit, amen. If you fall in that pig pen, you can still get cleaned up. Because it's not me directing me. It's not you directing you. But it's God directing us. Hmm. I don't want to say that. I want to say that. I'm going to say it. See, the problem is those too many times we need, we need God to direct us. It, it's, not, it's not me, it's someone else. It's my brother needs to be directed. It's my sister needs to be directed. Lord, I am not like them. I've heard so many times from this man right here, he's a preacher. 
Well, they knew my past. And everybody, everybody in here has a past. Amen. Some may be worse than others, but it's all a past. We all got sin that God had to forgive us of. But the trouble is, when somebody comes in the door, you knew what they were like before they got saved, before they come to church, you're like, we don't want them here. I know what he was. I knew what she was. Well, so was you. If you knew what they were, you'd been where they were at. You wouldn't have known what they'd been doing if you hadn't been hanging out with them. Amen. I can't point my fingers at nobody around here because I hung out with every one of them. They know me. But they don't know me now. See, the problem is we, we, we want people to get saved. Come on in, get saved. But just don't join our church because I know what you are. I know how you've been. No. Maybe well learns the Lord is not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me. I stand in need of directing. I stand in need of refreshing. I, it's me. It's me, Lord. Nobody else. No matter what's going on. I don't care who's trying to direct your life, Lord. It's me. I'm not worried about what anybody else is doing in church. It's me. If I worried about whatever ministry is going on around here without worrying my mind, I'll go crazy. I can't worry about what other preachers are preaching. I've got to worry about what I preach. It's not them, Lord, it's me. We need him to redirect our lives. Touch us, teach us. You see, the direction of the perfect, perfecting. He said, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. David could have said, yeah, it was King Saul that needed to be perfected. He said, when I come off the battlefields, I was dancing, giving God worship and praise. My wife was on the balcony making fun of me. She needed it. I find that the more I walk in this journey, the more I realize it's not my brother, it's not my sister, it's me. I am the one that stands in need of perfecting. I, I can't sick God on my enemies. I can't sick God on the ones that have done me wrong. It's me. I need perfecting. I need perfecting. Keep working in my heart. Keep me humble. Keep me straight. Keep me right. Keep me faithful. Amen. I can't worry about what other people are doing. I don't have time to worry about what everybody else is doing. I have to focus on this ministry. But I've settled in. And kept my eyes on Jesus. He needs to perfect me, not me. It's so easy to look at others and what they've done in their past and say, Lord, there they are. But yet here you sit. And like I said, every one of us has got a past. 
Every one of us done. Every one of us can walk in another church of people knew us from years ago, don't realize, don't know that you're saved. They would do the same thing. I know what you were. And I'm glad when somebody tells me I know what you were because you don't know what I am now. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I, I've done some things I'm ashamed of. But I'm not perfect. But God is. And he's the one that's directing me. And if I give him more of me every day, I get more of him every day. You just got to learn and say, Lord, it ain't them, it's me. And, and if you learn to say, Lord, it ain't them, it's me, you might be able to learn to just hug her necks, shake her hands as brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. Because none of us has arrived. You, you sitting here as a Christian right now, tomorrow you can make one of the biggest mistakes in your life. And slip off into the pits. You're not perfect. We all make mistakes. We we all do. Lord, it's not it's not him. It's not her. It's me. We stand in need of perfecting. Every day we get out of bed, Lord, here I am. Work on me. And I just keep remembering this. God is not done with me yet. And if he's not done with me yet, I can realize that I can make a mistake. He will forgive me and he will pick me back up. Amen. Amen. So don't get on yourself when you do make mistakes because let me say we are going to make mistakes. Amen. Anybody here did not make a mistake today? Raise your hand. <laughs> hey there. We all going to make them. We ain't perfect. I made a mistake when I got out of bed. Didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> Amen. Anybody got 